March 29, 2023. It's a walk for Pedro show. Uh, just one other thing. <clears throat> I've, in fact, I've never been at uh, open air jazz festivals, jazz festivals like, well, like this, but you've played uh, Newport several times, I guess. And, uh, in fact, I know, and it's a little minor festival in, 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 the, in the States. When you compare them to, the, to this affair here. How do I compare the I mean, festivals the, the, in the state yeah, to this? Yeah, I mean, the uh, react, reaction from the crowd. Was, was the crowd noisier or... or, or uh, well, I, they, or they compare. Better. They're about the same. You know, it's about the same as the ones I've been on. It's about the same. Because for, for, for 10,000 people that, that are here in this park, they're pretty quiet when they're 10, listening. 10,000? Yeah. When were there 10,000 there? That, that's what they, what, what, what they say that uh, the park can hold, man. The park that we played last night? Yeah. It's taking over 10,000? It didn't look that big to me. It didn't look that big to me either. <laughs> but uh, some, somebody who had to do something with the organization said know. it can hold 10,000 people. Well, you should know. But they're pretty quiet. For 10,000? You, you like, 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 like to play these affairs like these open air things. No, I don't prefer them because uh, usually the acoustics are yeah. kind of horrible, you know. I prefer a certain type of club, but I don't. We can't always get that either. Or, or concert hall, you know. Good. I find the smaller places, the more compact they are, the better we, our sound is held together, you know. And we can hear and feel each other better. Smaller place. You like the uh, the, the concert gebouw in Amsterdam? Mm-hmm. The concert gebouw in Amsterdam. You know that concert hall. Yeah, we get a good sound there. Yeah, I, I can is, hear. Is I can hear. Play, yeah? yeah, I can hear pretty well. I can hear everything. You know, some places as soon as you hit the first note, it goes all over the place, and it's, you can't feel the flow of the thing. You know. Are you distracted very much by by the outside interference? I mean, noisy noisy crowds, people walking around. Uh, People take taking pictures because I no. ask that because because you you don't look like it. See, Mm-mm. you're not too much disturbed. Too concentrated on the music. Uh, yeah, well, the you know the problems that I have in music, uh, they're always there. You know, so I, 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 they take take my time pretty completely. You know. Dying world, 
a world of fishes, little demons, and their vicious demon waves. I don't care what they say, I don't care what they say, I don't care what they say. And their bland conformist ways Leaves me bewildered and disgusted At their empty, wasted days I don't care what they say I don't care what they say I don't care what they say Across deserts Over mountains, I shed a wonder without end. Through the twilight and the darkness, to the music of another world. I don't care what they say, I don't care what they say, I don't care what they say. No, no, everything, everything's pretty good. Holding down Appreciate the fort pretty well. We started off John Coltrane being asked by Michael DeRoyder to compare festivals in the U.S. and festivals in Europe, July 27, 1965. And then John Truby, they call me Mr. Ugly. And yeah. in person, all the way from fucking end of the Camino Real. John Truby, in person. Oh, Welcome to the pad. Brother John. And, uh, you, Amtrak, right, most of the way. Um, no, I flew down from Santa Rosa on oh, Alaska Airlines, an okay. and then to get out of here, I took the re- the red line from North Hollywood, 
uh, to Union Station, Silver Line bus from Union Station to San Pedro, walked about 20 blocks down here. So light rail. So no Amtrak people. Okay. Please bring, for me and Brother Matt, your earliest musical recollection. My earliest musical recollection, being forced to take piano lessons in Princeton, New Jersey. Okay, my mom. Oh, no, even earlier than that, I saw, this is even more primal. Um, I saw a Beethoven record on an RCA mono record player that my dad owned. And I looked at the record and I saw how, I thought, how cool it is to make records and have music be able to come off, come from it. The problem being is I thought Beethoven was really boring. Why do you have boring symphony music on records? Why don't they make records that are funny and fun? And ironically enough, I got to make my own records, which are funny and fun, I think. (laughs) So the problem was the content, not the meaning. Yeah, the content. But I'm fascinated by the recording and music to begin with. The idea of being able to embed it in a piece of media. Yes, I'm thankful for it. Ludwig started it for you. Yeah. Now, Now, we've had guests on the show where they were almost driven from the field of music because of that experience of the piano lessons. Sure, I almost was too. Okay. Okay. It it seems, am I wrong about this, Brother Matt? Not the idea of piano lessons, but it's the fucking teacher. Teacher's the key. Brother Matt, teacher of the year several times, not so much with piano, but (laughs) school of life. Yeah, Yeah, everybody learns different, and uh, you got to be sensitive to that. (laughs) There's a skill, there's a technique to it. So I think a lot of these cats... They might know how to work that machine, but they don't know how to teach. Yeah, do it my way. Was, wasn't the teacher, it was being forced to do something. I, I, I'm very strong-willed. <laughs> I don't like being forced to do something. So I was being forced to play these tedious exercises, um, and I had a tantrum, and my mom let me quit playing piano, but then she started me on trumpet when I was in fifth grade, and then later on, I started guitar in 1970. When I think 15. a good teacher, though, would have turned that strong will into fucking hankering for music. Um, that, I mean, that's the trick of being a teacher. Every, it's not forcing yeah. some shit before you can meet the student. Yeah. That's, in my opinion. Yeah. How do we mold this clay? This right. clay has got something going. <laughs> <laughs> That's bringing the fucking crowbar to the plastic spoon. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, whatever. All the paths, right, they lead us to now. So you end up on trumpet. Now, is this marching band? Uh, no, no, just uh, uh, trumpet lessons. I play, I think I played one school recital, which is pretty wretched and awful. I was not the greatest uh, music student. And then finally I was... No, I asked this because, you know, a lot of schools got rid of their music program. Yeah. No, we had music programs. Okay, we were okay. talking 50, uh, 60 what years ago. What about choir? Quiet. No, I was never into singing too much. No. All, right, all right. What about first record you bought with your own money? Okay. Uh, about 1970, I think it was 1969. Yeah, 19, no, September 1969. I really wanted to buy Magical Mystery Tour because I loved Beautiful. the tunes on it. Hello, Goodbye, and Strawberry Fields. I really, really wanted to get that record because all those songs are really great. And I went to the Beatles section. They didn't have Magical Mystery Tour, so I got Sgt. Pepper instead. And I was so disappointed because I really wanted to get Magical Mystery right. Tour. And I think it cost about 
four dollars and ninety five cents. Nineteen sixty nine. I took it home, played it on my dad's radio on my re- record player, yeah. and. The music sounded so cool that I started shaking involuntarily. I was so excited listening to it. Oh, she that's liked all, it anyway. oh. That's only happened a couple times in my life where I'm shaking with excitement, and that happened when I first heard Sergeant Pepper on my dad's stereo. Wow. Yeah. So, and, you know, a powerful experience. Set, set up for a disappointment because of no magical mystery. I think Magical Mystery Tour was a TV show in England. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cobbled together and. But that's where I think they start using the outfits and shit that ended up in Sergeant Pepper. They're kind of in the same era. Yes. Kind of, not the fourth act, but a strong third act for that that outfit. Okay, first gig you saw. First gig? I think, a little tricky, I have a couple good ones, a couple good ones. Procol Harum at... Alexander Hall at Princeton University, this old Gothic theater, sort of circular theater. Somebody uh, Princeton, uh, what, like for, New Jersey? Uh, yeah, New Jersey, Princeton, New Jersey, where I grew up. Um, and Franklin built that school. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the only frat parties I ever played was at Princeton. <laughs> Great. Yeah, men, men played a frat party. So Procol Harum, I didn't it know must anything have been, about uh, Robin Trower days. Uh, yeah, Robin Trower was in the band at that time, 71 or though, and around that time, my dad was having an affair with his secretary, unbeknownst to my mom and the rest of us, and for some reason, his secretary and her husband at the time, it was convoluted, took us to the Fillmore East, and we saw a T-Rex Mountain and some band called the Family Dog, I think. Wow. That was it. T Rex was the first gig I saw. Yeah. Whoa, cool. This is 73, so you beat us. Yeah. Well, this is my 71, 72, somewhere in there. I forget. We were 73 at Long Beach Auditorium. We saw the Slider Tour. Oh, great. Great. It's our first gig. Good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody says it, but you're the only other cat I know that. Had a first game that was might have been T. Yeah, yeah. We're, sh- from We're showing Bitchin'. our age. Bitching. Uh, are you? <laughs> I'm showing my age. No, because I talked to people who saw. I had a cat on the show. This was a bass man from Nebraska, Omaha, Derek Higgins. He told me about sitting on John Coltrane's fucking lap. Whoa. Uh, yeah, in Chicago, his pop. Jimmy Griffin and, and on tour with Miles Davis. He comes to Damn. Mock cooked him chow. And he wow. sat on there. Mr. Coltrick sat on his So we all got... That's why I like asking those questions. They're singular. Sure. You know? Yeah, it's neat. Okay, okay. So what... You give up the trumpet? You don't stay with it. Uh, wasn't happy about it. I could tell you why and how I got into guitar. Yeah, right. Okay. Growing up in Princeton, one of the... Memories that I have is driving in Dad's car, and he'd listen to Cousin Brucey on the radio, WABC in New York City. Wow. He'd play all the hits by the Mamas and the Papas and the Beach Boys and the Beatles and Phil Spector all and Carol Motown. Yeah. Motown, all that 60s stuff. So she I was, was on some of that, too. Suff- yeah, happy birthday. Her yeah, birthday was last Suffused with all the, you know, the wrecking crew and all this. Well, you talk about driving in Princeton. Yeah. Brother Matt, left-hand turns. They got this thing called the jug handle, where you actually make a start, you make it from the right lane, you come around. Oh. Yeah, they're, they got their own way of making wow. fucking courtside <laughs> start. But anyway. So I loved all that music, the pop music at that area. It, it, it had a hold on me. Around that time, age 13, 19, no, age 12, 1969. 
I saw a book called The Beatles, the authorized biography by Hunter Davies. And I read this book. I picked it up at Woolworths on Nassau Street in Princeton. I read this book. I used to be into science fiction before. It's Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, Ray Bradbury. This one book I picked up because I was curious about the Beatles and all this music I loved. And that book ruined my life. Once I read about the Beatles, these guys picking up guitars and making music and making records and all the things that happened, I thought, how cool, wouldn't it be fun to make records? What a cool thing to make records. It wasn't about being famous and it wasn't about money. How do you put this music together? All this music that I listen to on the radio, I want to make that. I want to do that. I want to do what they did. Not to be famous, just how do you put music together? Fascinating. How do you do it? Music is magic. That's all. Guitar, though. Okay, guitar. In 1970, uh, I was babysitting my brother, uh, Brooks. I lit a I was with a group of kids. There was a dead crow on a basketball court. We decided to get a Molotov cocktail and put it on the dead crow and burn the dead crow of the Molotov cocktail. Burn the basketball court a little bit, made an ugly mark on it. My parents found out about it. They asked me about it. I lied and said I wasn't involved. They found out that I lied. To punish me, they grounded me for seven uh, for for the whole summer of 1970. On July 7th, 1970, I remember the day I got my mom to take me to Farrington's Music Store on Dutch Necks and we rented a guitar because I wanted to learn to play guitar. It was a nylon string guitar. It was a Cousy, nylon Cousy. string guitar, amazingly enough. And that no, summer... No, a lot of cats, the first <laughs> guitar they get... It's usually acoustic when they can't understand why it don't sound like the guitar. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what it is. So it was a nylon string guitar. Yeah. I started playing and People teaching. Play with it. It yeah. Spanish style, they call it. Yeah, yeah. The strings are kind of spread apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually yeah. more for arpeggiated kind yeah. of picking. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember the first song you learned? Uh, heck. Maybe The House of the Rising oh, Sun yeah. or right. All Along the Watchtower, like the Easy Chords. All along the Watchtower, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, Bobby Dylan or Jimmy's version, yeah, uh, yeah Jimmy's version, of course. <laughs> of course. Look, you gave me some music here, Jellyfish from Space. Talk about science. Yeah, the Jellyfish. the galaxies come jellyfish highly developed jellyfish with 
great intelligence who have come to destroy mankind. Zombies from outer space have come to kill us because Patty Hearst sent them. Patty Hearst was a potato chip and she sent the jellyfish across the universe to come and disintegrate the earth with a neutron bomb.
I got high last night on LSD. My mind was beautiful and I was free. Warts love my nipples because they are pink. Vomit on me, baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. A blind man's penis is a wreck because he is blind. It's a wreck because he is blind. A blind man's penis is a wreck because he's blind. It's a wreck because he's blind. Let's make love under the stars and watch for UFOs. If little baby Martians come out of the UFOs, keep up there, yay, yay, yay. The zebra spills is plastic. And the gels and fingers lose electric marbles. Ramona's titties died in hell, and the Nazis want to kill, to kill everyone. A blind man's peace is a wreck because he's
consumer. Consuming. Doggy dog world out there in the cold. The bats are flying around the sky. And all of the boomer moldy peaches. All of the boomer fucking moldy peaches.
of this world of fools who cannot stop lying. Oh, my legs, they be ever trudging. Cross the desert lands that sing to eternity. All of our weary days. show and chunk of music start off john truby doing jellyfish from space oh yeah Phil K. Dick. the jellyfish from space we can't remember we can't forget that science fiction <laughs> yeah right valves <laughs> okay then we had ben you, you're on this here this is zoog's rift and his amazing shitheads playing at bebop yeah in 84 we see the people that west side of the valve art band Yes, Art okay. Band. Okay, yeah. which is on one of his albums, too. Yes. And you're on, actually, I think Richie's fucking jamming bass at the same time. I think there's two basses going uh, He had two bass players. Right. Yeah. Then we had John Truby with Blind Man's Penis. This was your notoriety. Yeah. He said something about being famous, but this happened. Yes. Right. I, I, I gave Brother Matt a little insight. Yeah, I want to hear it. But we'll let you explain. <laughs> uh, guy by voices after that, ballroom etiquette. Bob Pollard, every other month, must be a new album. This man is prolific. Capital P. <laughs> Sam Lockward, Iowa City with Ashes. The locusts and crickets have consumed most of the harvest, and all that's left are moldy peaches. That's from Puppet Midnight, one man, bass man in England. Head boggle after that. Fusion GRP. R0, not with a blackening dub. Zach Rosen, brand new. Come back alone. And finally, John Truby. Oh, my hands. So, we played three tunes there. Oh, actually, four tunes with you on there. Thank you. Want to get into any of that or continue with the, the, the background story? Well, well, we Because you get this guitar and you learn House of the Riders and Sun. Right. Right. And, or, All Along the Watchtower. All Along the Watchtower. Yeah, the Hendrix version. Yeah. A minor. Yeah. A minor, G, F. Yeah, yeah. right, right. The Duke of Earl chords. All the, sure. Rocky Erickson, all the songs. He's all yeah. So, what about after school, not after graduate, but in the afternoon? Do you get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? Yeah. I was sent to an elite boys prep school. I was an actual preppy at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, I was able at, to eventually graduate to a Fender Stratocaster guitar oh. that I bought. I wanted uh, to get a Stratocaster like on the back of Layla, this, the, the uh, Sunburst uh, Stratocaster with the maple neck like Eric Clapton had. I really, really wanted to By the way, to the ba- guy who wrote that song we just lost last week. Yeah, uh, Jim Gordon and, and uh, Eric Clapton wrote right? Yeah, yeah. All the royalties... From that little song, so everybody could play it. Sure. Up there at so he still got Back the world. Mm. So I, I got the Fender Strat. You must have got an amp. 
Um, I, well, my brother was playing a Farfisa organ and he had a Fender basement amp. So I just got the guitar from Manny's in New York. Ah, 48th Street. Yeah. You know, and all that shit's gone now. I know. It's, it's all gone. But I asked mom, I, I, I can't afford this guitar. And she said, if you save for half, I'll pay for half. Oh, so man. it was $250. Mom gave me $125. I got the under 25 bought the Strat. And uh, my mom passed away of pancreatic cancer in 2013. But I n- name my guitars funny names. So I call that guitar Mom's Help because mom helped me buy it. Mom's uh, Help. Yeah. Nice. Strat. Now, how do you learn on auto? Self-taught, or do you go um, lessons? I took a couple lessons from some students from Princeton University, and then I listened to records. Uh, when I went to Lawrenceville School, they even had a classical music teacher. So I took okay. some classical music lessons, learned to read a little bit on the guitar. Then one of my friends at Lawrenceville School, Jim Nevius, had a band called Gloopnox and the Stick People. And I said, uh, I'd, I'd like to play in your band. Can I audition? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. And he never called me. And I really, really wanted to be in a band. Yeah. So I ca- was proactive, and I called him. When he didn't yeah. call me, he invited me over to Yardley, Pennsylvania. And I took the bus, just like I took the bus today, down to Trenton, walked across the bridge to Morrisville, Pennsylvania, and auditioned for his band, and I got in his band. Trent, you know who lives there? Andrew and Sim from Henry's old God band. They were called the Turds with Corn in them. I think they're still living there. Trent, no. If, uh, If George Washington... For one thing, they didn't have a dollar back then, but that guy got it across that river. Yeah, he kicked ass on the Hessians who were partying. And <laughs> it was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, the and, 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 they were and George and company surprised them, thank That's God. Right. Yeah. Don't call it terrorism. Okay, so anyway, this is how you start playing. This is the first band you're in. Yes. Can you remember the first time you started wailing with these guys? What was it? Yeah, we learned stuff by King Crimson, like 21st century schizoid man. And we played some David, uh, Suffragette City. And uh, we played a bunch of originals. We really? Them. Originals? Yeah, originals. Now, who wrote it? Was it the, the, the band leader guy? Uh, yeah, the band leader, Jim Nevius. Yeah. And it consisted of me on guitar, Jim Nevius on guitar and vocals, Daryl DiLiberto on congas and bass, Michael Osborne, who has accomplished... Drummer, he after the band sort of split up, Michael went on to uh, tour with Danny and the Juniors. He was in the Rock Cats and beat Rodeo. He also uh, played percussion with Marshall Crenshaw as well as Holly and the Italians. And oh, I remember seeing them in Hollywood. And he was also the drum tech for the Go Go's and went on the road with the Go Go's. And then Mike lives in the Bay Area, and he still, even to this day, fifty years later. He's recorded on my most recent album. So oh, we're still cool. buddies. Yeah, and he's a great you player. Do you remember your first gig with these guys? Uh, we played it. Oh, heck. It was... Because they'd already been active, right? We didn't have any many gigs. We just rehearsed. And I would go to rehearsal to get away from 
home because my dad was just really, really angry person. And I just yeah. wanted to spend the weekend. So I, mainly we just rehearsed. We played at a couple dances. We played at a talent show. We played at a talent show yeah. at Pensbury High School. Yeah. And um, we did our weird, disjointed, progressive thing. And then a teenage jazz band played, and they got the prize. And I didn't give a damn about the prize. We were just having fun. But from the stage, after the teenage jazz combo, won their prize. Daryl scolded the, the band, that band from the stage. He said, you guys suck. We should have got the prize. We should have got the prize. It was like being like one of those Grammy things, like going Kanye on stage. Yeah, right. yeah, Daryl was doing it. I thought, how stupid. Yeah. These talent know. contests are BS. It's just yeah. fun to play the music, you yeah. know. So. I think you had, you had a good uh, angle on that. Yeah. Now, what about you composing for the band? Did you do any? Did you um, yeah, I did uh, some tune. I can still even uh, remember so, so it. Maybe one of your first tunes. Um, yeah, I, or what were you doing composition wise? Uh, I I did a a song. It's the groovy new fad. It's all over town. You can bump your fat ass into the ground. Da 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 da. A really goofy <laughs> thing, and we actually recorded it, and then I contributed some other also, stuff. Also, this band did record also. Well, we I mainly recorded them on, on cassette tapes, the rehearsals. That's all it was. Oh, okay. We never got into a Practice studio. Tapes. We were teenagers. We didn't have any money. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Not, not nowadays, teenagers can make records, no problem. Yeah. Those days... Well, I have the cassette player, so but the cassette sure. player, the micro, and the Radio Shack mixer, but it's not quite as cool as <laughs> what the not. kids have. <laughs> these days. Yeah. Still, content's important. Yeah. Right. Remember going back to that fucking uh, Mr. Beethoven on that disc? Yeah. Uh, look, we're at the end of the first hour. March 29, 2023, Dishwap Pedro Show special guest John Truby. Hold tight for hour two. March 29, 2023 is the second hour of Watt Pedro Show. <laughs>
Stopp.
Watt from Pete Rio Show, start off the second hour with John Truby and the Rain Song. Alexander Hack after that, passed halfway a little bit with his big piece about an imaginary youth in Berlin. This is Kleine Nachtmusik. Fail after that with Breach, then Luke Lund with Valoon into the light. Final with The Way of the World. Enchanted Dance of the Humorless, Ill-Temperate Corporate Executives from John Truby. So, now how long does this band last? Uh, this band was just for a couple of years, 1974 to 76. We graduated in 75. I was out of of the school for about a year and then went to music school after that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, higher education with music. Which one? Yeah, um, a Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Boston, right, yeah. right. A lot of people go. How was your experience? It was fascinating. Uh, keep in mind... I just think of myself as a guy that loves to play guitar. Yeah. I don't have a big head. I don't have a big ego. I very well know my limitations. I love music. All I want to do is play guitar. So I have this enthusiasm. When I, went, when I decided to go to Berkeley, I remember going in there to check it out. And there's these little practice rooms, like closets with little windows there. Guy playing a snare drum, you know, uh, drumming away and looking. Yeah. And, and guy next door, uh, uh, alto sax playing all the scales amazing amazing players and uh highly competitive musicians and if and if you uh have a faulty ego and go in there you're going to be decimated trying to compare yourself with all these monster players playing there my feeling was is this is just a place that has a lot of information that i want i want to get in there and get that information so i can use it in a skill set i'm not competing with anybody there's monster players here this is not a competition i want knowledge i want skills and uh, so I decided to go there. Also, at the time I decided to go to music school, I saw a why in my life. You know at times in your life where you see a lot of why, one road going one way and the one road going another? Yeah. At that time, I had grown up as a privileged um, preppy. My dad was a banker. We had a uh, indoor pool in the backyard. My dad gave me a car when I was 17 so I could drive to school. I went to a prep school. I went to a summer camp when I was a kid. A spoiled rich kid in a way. At, at the same time, I was dealing with my angry father who was like living in a minefield where it would blow up all the time. So I just wanted to escape home. When I went to school, I I, I said, if... If I'm going to music school and, and choose music and get into the arts and the creative stuff, I'm going to struggle because it's very hard to make money doing this. Uh, but if I if I go to music school, become straight person like my parents were, um, uh, you know, the normal thing and acquiring and going up in a high career and making a lot of money. I'll be miserable because it's not what I want. It's, it's, it's boring. It's mediocre. I want to pursue the arts and the music and learn how to do music. It's going to be a hard road, but I'm going to choose that because if I go the other path, I'm going to hang myself. And, and I saw that it was going to be a hard path, and it has been a hard path, 
but I chose it. So I saw that why right there when I decided to go to music school. And I said, I just wanted to get in there. I'm not trying to compete with these monster great players. I just want to get in there and learn this stuff and learn how to do it so I can make records. I really, really want to make records. I was also sometimes not the greatest music student. I remember going in to Hank Wichtorowitz, who was a, a great guitar player, played with the Boston Pops. He was my guitar teacher at Berkeley. I went in there and had a bad lesson one day because I wasn't properly prepared. And he said, why did you bother to come to Berkeley? Why did you come to bo- if you're not going to be prepared? And I said to, to, to Hank, um, I came because I wanted to learn composition arranging. I want to learn all that stuff. I wasn't going to here to be a monster player, but I want to learn all that. How do you you know, put arranging and composing together. He he took that as a little affront because I wasn't really focused on guitar so much as learning all the other stuff. And after that, we had a truce, and he treated me nice when I came in, and he didn't he didn't try to push me or pressure me because he wasn't he wasn't able to psych me out. I'm there to learn stuff, and yeah, I fucked up that one guitar lesson, but it's not the end of the world. First time I heard of Berkeley School of Music, I got the Richard Held Voidoid album. Yeah. Blank Generation. You open it up, the sleeve had all these pictures. And there was Bob Quine's Berkeley School of Music ID card. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and I asked Richard Hall about that, and he said, yeah, right. he went there. Now, what I heard was the big resource was Connects. Connect? And of course, they had knowledge to teach people. Yeah, you meet the Get your networking, huh? Connects. Uh, yeah, that, like that, masonry, you know? that, they don't use the yellow pages. <laughs> at the time I was going there, Steve Vai was a guitar player there. I probably passed him in the hall, but I never met him there. I became briefly acquainted with him in Hollywood years later. I knocked but, his ass down, man, coming out of an elevator. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I didn't connect with people because I'm a hermit. I'm a lone wolf. I don't socialize very well, and that's one of my great crippling downfalls and defects i don't i don't network very well i live like a hermit i'm a lone wolf i rarely talk to people i don't hang around with people and that's uh impeded me getting a lot more stuff done in my life it's just my temperament i'm a hard ass well, did you have any boston bands during this period? yeah i got into this band of these of these guys um that were not associated with the school they left a notice um, uh, on one of the bulletin boards, I answered it and I got in this band. It was called the Busters. And, uh, we did stuff like Bruce Springsteen covers and, and, uh, and, uh, Steely Dan or, or something. And, um, uh, I was not crazy about it. I just did it as a place to play. The, the, also at the, at that time, I ran into my first girlfriend who took my virginity. I lost my virginity on April 2nd, 1978. I was a late bloomer. I was 21. She was seven years older than me. I moved in with her so I could escape the dormitories at Berkeley. And it was very fun and exciting. Um, It was very strange because I had very little, zero contact with women beforehand. And then here I'm living with her and her six-year-old son, like we're a mini family. It's very strange. And what about composition? Pardon? Yeah. You work because in this band, obviously you're playing covers and stuff. So yeah. But are you doing composition on your own? Uh, at Berkeley, I'm learning. They, they're giving me assignments of things to do. I think I wrote a, a sonata for flute and piano oh, so that's never been performed. Yeah, I took some composition courses and recording sure, sure. Or, or composing stuff, but not necessarily getting it played. Because I mean, you end up being a, quite a songwriter. So I'm trying to find where the beginning was. 
I, I learned a, a lot of skill. What I found most helpful there was learning diatonic harmony and how diatonic yeah. harmony works. And um, I took some songwriting courses there, um, and, and it was helpful. Uh, but I'm always looking for that elusive hook, that cool melody, that melody that gets in your head, uh, the, the earworm that doesn't go away. I'm always searching for it. And sometimes I've got just the smidgen of it, and I still have earworms in my head. So I have melodies in my head, and then I write them. And then every five or ten years when I have enough money, I'll go into the studio. And, the, and, and in between, I have these tunes I'm trying to get out. What about those days? How far along were you? With I, I wasn't doing a lot of independent uh, song. In fact, before I went to Berkeley is when I did the Blind Man's Penis, and I just wrote yeah. the lyrics for Blind no, Man's no, Penis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that was an actual song. That was the, f- the most famous song that everybody knows me for, and nobody pays attention to anything I've done since then. <laughs> you know, it's and he ain't it, really playing it. This silly prank that I did when I was 19 years old, and then nothing else in my life matters. And I do, I, I work my ass off to put out an album, send out promo copies of the album, and crickets. But everybody wants to hear about Blind Man Penis, so I'll <laughs> tell you about that. If you, you know. So that got over the man or the system or something like you. Jive somebody. I, yeah, I don't know. You know how humans are. It was it's a prank. Interesting. Humans. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So how does this work out? Your your Boston phase. So I I, I had to split up with Robin, and and I wanted to go to California. Why? Um, growing up. Again in Princeton on Prospect Avenue, driving a dad's car, listening to all that music. The yeah. Beach Boys and the Birds oh, okay. and all these California bands. And also growing up as a child in the 60s, watching too much damn television, which I, I regret. Um, but I was fascinated with L.A. and California and yeah. getting away from my parents and, and getting away from the East Coast and the cold weather and raking leaves. California, California, fascinating. the shape of the state of California. Yeah. What about it? It's a larger reverse opposite of the New Jersey. Did yes, it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> a polar opposite. <laughs> you know so, what else is trip? It's time now to bring forth the spin cycle to get you going with some improv of Brother Matt. See uh-huh. how that works. <laughs> okay.
Seconds. John Truvia board with his improvising interpretation. Well, you guys were talking about T Rex, so that's where we started, and then uh, it just it just went from there. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what it brings, but you know maybe sometimes there was nothing ever like it before. That's right. Maybe <laughs> that's the crowbar we needed to pry it out of the fucking. Realm of possibility. Sure. And, 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 uh, Go ahead, brother. Oh, so I just wanted to apologize for that shitty guitar. That, uh... <laughs> yes, not the playing, but the actual instrument. Yeah, the, the guitar. Yeah, the I actual, the crap. Yeah, the, you, right. you're fine, but it's a crappy. You took that crappy guitar and you made it work. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah, it hadn't touched and a human hand in years, so... You, you know so. how they give gold stars out to kids just for being in class? I think that's what, what I'm getting, a gold <laughs> star, just, for achieve, just, just to make me feel good. Well, I, I apologize okay, for I the... You, I believe I you. Th- Thank I you. I thought you got it, Lee. Yeah, there was, there were, I apologize for the crappy yeah. tools we gave you. <laughs> poor, poor Carpenter blames his tools. Yeah. People, it's second hour, March 29, 2023, edition. Wait, what? Peter, so hang tight for hour three. March 29, 
our show. Started off the uh, third hour with uh, John Truby, The End of Infinity. Eye rolls after that with Way Beyond Dead. Xenocratic AMM All-Stars. I'm on base with this. Mm. Sci-fi hangover cure. Yeah, they had me send stuff over the internet. Part of their uh, improvised kind of. Not like in the moment, like it's been Sagas, but Yeah. John, okay. John Truby uh, finally with Flamenco Potlatch. Flamenco, I'm thinking D. Boone. He, that's what he did nylon string. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you come out to California to co- continue with your music. Program. Yes. You come out to California. 1980. I uh, am roommates with Richie Hass at 5519 Bonner Avenue. We're roommates for about six months. So maybe this is how you meet Zoog's Rift. No, I met Zoog's Rift and Richie oh, in 1975. That We were friends back in New Jersey. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I was I was acquainted with Richie Haas and and Zoog's Rift back in New Jersey. Because they both come out to California. Yes, and I came out later. But were you following their thing or it was independent? No, it was independent. I was good friends with Zoog's Rift. It was starting in 1975. We chatted a lot on phone by yeah. phone, and um, but I, I always had it in my head to come to California ever since I was a kid. And you never wanted to be in his band then. It wasn't so much to be as, in his band as uh, the music was in L.A. and I was interested sure, in music sure. and I wanted to escape but the damn East Coast. But you with him. I know you're on one of his albums. Yes, he invited me to be in the band. We're good friends. We're almost like best were, buddies. Uh, roommates with Richie? That's connect. Well, no. Well, you already phoned friends. Yeah, I... I uh, Zoogs played at a artist collective benefit in Trenton, New Jersey, 1975. We became friends after that. His band Zobus with Richie on vibraphone. Zoogs had an ARP 2600 uh, synthesizer. There was a, a bass player, drummer in the band, a sax player, as well as Scott Colby on, on slide. I was impressed by the van. We started talking. We were in the same sort of music together. Yeah. And, and so we, we, we just talked and became friends after that. Were you, were you big into Cat B4? Uh, I was, uh, Zoogs was more into that. Yeah. Well, people usually like pick between the two, Frank Zappa and Cat B4. Oh, yeah, well, we were both uh, sort of fans of those artists. However, I would like to publicly declare yeah. that at this point in life, as a geezer, I'm focused on my own music right now. I'm no longer anybody's fanboy. I yeah. I was fanboy of, of various Beatles. bands back then. Of course, yeah. yes, all them. But after life is very short. Sure. We are going to die soon. Yeah. I have all this music in my head. I have a damn blowtorch under my ass. I have to get this music out. The time and energy I squander paying attention to other people's music, yeah. I can't make my own music. I had an epiphany in the 1980s working for $5 an hour. I could either go, take, um, take some money and go buy the album by my latest favorite artist, or yeah. I could buy a Maxell cassette to dub my own music yeah. to promote my own music. I started investing the money in my own music, and at that point, I stopped paying that much attention to other people so I could focus my time and energy and resources on my own music. And this is Ugly Janitors? Ugly Janitors, yeah. What about the first Ugly Janitors game? Uh, it was actually a band called the uh, Van Zelm and the Geeks. 
consisting of uh, M.B. Gordy on drums, Jack V's on bass, Larry Lashmer, who later died of cancer, on uh, bassoon and flute and baritone. Chris Wall of the Flesh Eaters was a percussionist in the band, as well as Ofer Schur, who later played with uh, Buddy Miles in the Buddy yeah. Miles band, but he was a keyboard player. He ultimately committed suicide in the 1990s. So that, and we played at the Anti Club. Oh, wow. Remember the Anti Club? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Brendan Mullen for a while booked it, the guy who booked the Mass people. Yeah. Yeah. They Bre- turned into like a Vietnam club with a metal detector around the house. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Things change. That's the only thing that stays the same. So. Okay, let, let's play this. Message of Jeff. Who, who is Jeff? Okay, yeah, this is one of my favorite songs. I'm glad that you brought this up. I'd like to briefly talk about this and get through it. Um, I worked at a, uh, a company called American Home Shield in Santa Rosa. It was a call center. We sold home warranties. And uh, we started making good money, and I, I was, you know, a middle-aged guy uh, 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 putting home warranties on people's houses. It was a corporate thing. A lot of young people there. It was a fun place to work. This guy named Jeff, hired by corporate, came to the office and was wandering around with a clipboard to look at what we were doing. And we thought, oh, a guy from corporate, he's looking at our performance and what we're doing and stuff like that. This is right at the, when the housing market was blowing up in 2006, 2007, before everything blew to hell. Right. And we were putting home warranties on homes. Bright, when the real estate market was blowing up. And we thought, oh, this guy, Jeff, oh, he's from corporate. He's, 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 he's seeing what we do. Very good. Turns out that Jeff was an executioner, and his job was to, um, to make notes about the company in order to fire people. Yeah. So he was actually our executioner. He, so uh, early 2007, uh, 2007, they fired 190 of us from the call center. People were livid. I was really pissed off because I was making decent money then, and I was really pissed off at this guy named Jeff. Jeff, it turned out, was not even a corporate guy. He was an outside consultant hired to um, um, uh, downsize uh, corporations. So I got this work song in my head. We're going we're gonna to string you up. We're going to stab you down. We're going to stomp your head. You goddamn son of a bitch. And when I die, no, no. And, and, and tell your wife and your kids you won't be going home. You're never going home. We're going to string you up. We're going to stab you down. Just this angry screw you song to this guy that took our jobs away. I had this melody in my head. Since that time, 15 years, an earworm in my head. 15 years later, I, I still like this melody. And um, at that time, it, it's not good to hang on to anger because anger will corrode your soul. And, at the, and people lose their jobs. They get their jobs. Jobs go away. It's just part of life. Yeah. We have to live with it. Sure. So I let the anger go, but I still have this melody in my head. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay. Uh, ugly janitors are in the studio uh, 15 years later 2022 i have a bunch of songs that we rehearsed and this is this one tune that we did not rehearse i made a lead sheet of it brought it to the studio we're in the studio doing a tracking session i put the music in front of their 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 faces i said don't be afraid of this guys let's just run through this and just loop the song and play it over and over again and see if it works and we 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 they played it once or twice in the studio 
studio. We put it on tape or on yeah. digital, and I was playing the guitar melody. That night, I wrote the lyrics, uh, I finished up the lyrics, uh, talking more about, and when I die and when I'm gone, uh, you won't remember me, you don't remember me. And the, the verse of the lyrics are just the dark things, uh, amusing uh, um, about life and about work and just a lot of dark things about, you know, how... Uh, we struggle through life and people don't listen to us. And it, uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a, uh, a negative person, yeah. but, but I think dark thoughts and I like to express them. It gives me joy to, to, to embrace the darkness and, and drag it up and, and put it in lyrics. And the, 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 the music came together. Lori, the singer, Lori, I used to sing with the residents, uh, sure. toured with them, uh, played on a bunch of We're albums. About to do their 50 year anniversary yeah. Tour. She's. I don't think. I don't know if no, she was no, involved with that. Message to Jeff. Yeah. Okay.
Chunk off. You heard that intro from Mr. Truby himself. Message to Jeff. You hear that, Jeff? Then we got <laughs> Fla Fla with Health for Fake Thief Lords. And Rockwar. This is from this uh, Ukrainian mm. benefit. That's really fucking her side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, what's it called? T Q U K R. And Exit. And then finally, John Henry from John Truby. John Henry, a hero. Yeah, John Henry, uh, that piece was actually composed by Jack Feast, the bass player in my band, yeah. playing solo bass through fuzz yeah. with harmonics. And he was a very accomplished bass player, played on a fretless bass. He yeah. wrote that. So that's actually his composition. Right. And he ended up, uh, after leaving the Ugly Janitors, he became uh, uh, the fa uh, faculty of uh, Yale University uh, in the music department te teaching composition. Right. So he's a great guy. You got there. an email address you want anybody to know? Yes, email address. Um, I, Truby Records, I can send you out the catalog. I'm also seeking gigs for guitar, gigs for band, or if you have Is any inquiries. Yeah. My email address is John, J O H N T R B 09 at gmail.com. That's John, T R B 09 at gmail.com. Uh, I seek to supply you with my records. If you're curious, I can send you the the um, uh, catalog, as well as I'm seeking to play guitar, uh, gigs for the band, or any inquiry, uh, spiritual consultation, anything you want, inquire. I'd love to speak with you. So you leave the you out of the email address. Uh, it, it was just generated by a oh. Gmail when I, the, that's all. Yeah. Okay. okay, so people, you got that there, John. Gave it to you there. And what, what's your next plan now that this record's out? Well, it's a seed. Are you already thinking about the next record? Uh, no. Uh, no. I'm always, I have tons of tunes in my head. Right now I'm retired. I have zero access to money to get back in the studio. 
Um, uh, this last album, uh, The Deserts of Eternity, yeah. cost me $7,000 out of my own savings to record. Yes. I w- was able to get a couple hundred uh, of the CDs to give out to promote and sell. I'm never going to make the seven grand back since I'm retired. I am uh, living on Social Security. Money's really tight. So I'm actively seeking to do guitar gigs. I'm playing for memory care patients up in Santa Rosa, yeah. play guitar for an hour uh, uh, Burt Backrack tunes and John Truby original tunes get paid a uh, hundred bucks an hour or so you think it helps these people? what? it's therapy right? well yeah and just people in memory care they don't do anything all day yeah, so it's yeah, nice yeah, to have live music saying, coming in I love saying. to do that I'm hustling, uh, I played brew pubs and restaurants. I'm looking for more gigs for solo guitar and looking for gigs for my band. I'm not putting a band together until we actually get gigs. I've been hustling and hustling and hustling. A lot of crickets. It's a challenge. It's like being a salesman, knocking on doors. Hey, lady, want to buy some encyclopedia? Yeah, very difficult. It's a challenge, but I love it. I'm going to keep after it and keep on doing it. I'm working on the wineries, things like that. Uh, email john trb09 at gmail.com. I'm hustling for gigs, hustling to sell records. When are you going to come down back down to Silk Town? Uh, whenever there's a reason. There is a good reason. This is an uh, adventure. Come back on the fucking Lot for Pedro show with me and Brother Matt. I have more stories we haven't even hit. See? I have all sorts and of sick stories. Bring a yeah, I'll bring a decent <laughs> yeah, guitar. Yeah, bring a real next guitar. Time. <laughs> I, okay. I leave that's, it up to you. That's you invite me. I've, that's you right. invite. Okay. So you, you give me the date and I'll be here. Yeah. What about in the summertime? Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, August, beginning of August is no good. Uh, doing a, a first couple of weeks of August is going to be what away. July? Sure. Sure. Write me an email. Let's get it All right. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Because there's all these weird stories. I know, I know. <laughs> we ran out of time. I, that's okay. Have, that's well, what we don't have is. to go through the fucking Princeton and, and Boston. Day. Right, we're done with <laughs> that. So we'll be more up to date. Whatever you say. That... <laughs> You're in charge. <laughs> I ain't in charge, but I want to facilitate a good spiel. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. But Matt, thank you for your always essential evening baguette. Right on, right People on. Nice having you here, John. 2023 edition of the Live from Beaver Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.